Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, which is co-hosted by Far Isle Pilot and me. We'll jump straight into the first topic, which relates to flying in the mountains in the simulator VFR. Yeah, I've done a lot of flying um, around, especially in the in the Alps in Europe. Um, and that's where you understand that you need to to know how your plane handles, uh, you know, how uh, what kind of rate of climb you really need if you want to be able yep. to go over certain mountains. It's uh, yep. it's a bigger challenge than I thought it would be at first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, okay, well it's fine. You just throttle all the way up and and push up and say, hey, you know what, I'm there. Great, I can just do this. But no, it's you see your plane cannot necessarily handle uh, those mountains and you end up crashing. Um, yeah, more I often really thought than I, I was going to make it. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I say it was a it was a shock when I made the uh, obviously when I get my track IR or the Dellen clip tracker head tracker. I think that it's the peripheral vision thing that they're always talking about. You just don't really have it. So I know that I have to make this right bend in order to take this valley in order to get to that lake. So it was a bit of a shock when I made the right turn. And I'm sort of looking ahead and I'm like, now, wait a minute, that, that looks much higher. And the closer and closer and closer I got, I'm like, this mountain is a lot. I was like, I don't know. And there's no way you could turn around. So it was one of those valleys that you're going in, you're committed to getting over that, that summit, or you're going to crash and die. So, (laughs) and I didn't have that in FSX. I was like, oh no, look at the, how am I going to, so I just kind of. So turned a little bit. FSX trained you almost to being used <laughs> to a terrain, and then it now did. coming in the new simulator, it's suddenly you're surprised uh, by the terrain because it suddenly yep. is different. Yeah, because at first I thought my eyes were mistaken, or because I've flown that way so many times that I was like, "Well, surely that's not. Is that a cloud?" I was kind of squinting, like, "Is that a cloud? Is that?" I was uncertain because it should, in my estimation, it shouldn't have been there in that, shouldn't have been that high. And it was white capped. And then the other one, I think it was more green. And so as I, as I was going further into that, you know, three-sided valley, I'm like, I have to get over that, but I don't know if I have enough. I just, you know what else is neat? The way that they render the mountains, it has enough detail that you can see the slight passes if you it wouldn't even qualify as a pass let's face it but the slight oh that's you know that looks like it might be 50 feet lower than this little peak on the right so it's detailed enough that the texture on yeah the the mesh detail is enough that um it changes the whole uh outlook (laughs) yeah i'm guessing it does a lot uh, but I, I feel it's interesting because we, we go out of um, of this topic a lot. We kind of ignore the geometry because, you know, while it's the Earth, you usually have your same geometry. We're not expecting a big difference uh, between FSX and, uh, and now this new simulator. But um, when you go further into the details of it, most of it is actually more detailed at first when you when you go down and you go see those little elevations uh if you go in france for example you do see a lot of 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 these little areas that have more or less geometry um and because i've flown a lot over france uh i've i've been used to seeing those a lot um but now suddenly when you're into that simulator you recognize 
the the whole geometry, but it's it's not what I've been used to as well in FSX, where it's um, so FSX had essentially textures that were very low resolution. So in a sense, you kind of had to put in your head those little extra details. Like, okay, well, I'm guessing I'm around here. And then you could ignore that and continue your flight. Um, yeah. But this time, it's precise enough that you can recognize little cities, little villages, and, and little areas. And when you're doing bush flying, especially down there, there's, there's so many different little regions that are specific that have that one point, uh, that one detail, that one building that tells you, you know, where you are, is that you can totally fly without really trying to look around now. Um, yeah. And, then, you know, in the sim, I use this a lot, that when you hold the letter S on your keyboard and it moves your camera to the nearest point of interest, um, which when you're flying a multiplayer is great because then if you're trying to do uh, a formation flight or you're trying to figure out what your closest friend is when you're flying with them, holding that same key will uh, will move the camera to that person, which is amazing. Um, then I was able to to quickly figure out you know all these things and I didn't have to worry about the camera that time, and and that gives just such a more enjoyable experience this time. Yeah, I agree. It was a lot of fun. It's nice not to have to role play as hard. <laughs> Like, I'm gonna pretend that that's Lake Michigan, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's interesting that we're not only having to kind of adapt to the the flight model changes as they work on those. We're, of course, we'll be discussing that as well. But it's it's interesting that the world has, at least in some areas, we have to get used to the new world, so to speak, because we've got this uh different kind of detail that it's more realistic so okay we, we, we can actually just just put it on the topic right now we, we can't don't have to wait for later uh we, we know the the flight model is in active development uh which means that it has been worked to a point where it's in a workable state but it is not perfected to the point where developers can say it is good enough that we can focus our efforts on something else and leave this for a few years or uh, put it in the plan for a continuous improvement where we review it every month and we see what can we do to make it a, a little better, how to improve it. Um, and and sometimes they even have those things where every every week they they figure out a way to, to make it more realistic, just add those little extra details. But um, when we try right now, well, actually, Farao and I, we, we flew together yesterday, um, and we were playing with the rudder a little more, and we realized, well, that rudder doesn't feel really necessarily how I think it would fly, because in FSX, it was a lot of, uh, uh, it was a lot stiffer, I'd say. I don't know how you would really describe it, but um, the reaction from the the tail of the wind moving was not causing such a, a movement to for the front of the plane i don't know really how to describe it it's it's, it's easier to to see than to uh than to yeah, explain yeah. but that difference um kind of tells me that they've been working on it for a bit they got most of it done and now it's just those little details that are really just trying to uh smooth out and those are more individual for each plane so um i kind of want to do that again and just play with different planes and, and see the different results that i get um yeah. because it's it's a big difference playing that between uh, the 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 airbus 
uh, and just uh, the 747. You you feel, for example, that plane. It's it's very heavy. You and it's really hard to do a good landing with it. Um, and it's just those different flight models you feel have been really tweaked to the plane, and certain planes will need a little more work than others. Really, that's yeah. that's the thing sure. about flight models. Yep. And I've said part of the issue. I think that some of us are experiencing is as our controllers get tweaked a little bit more, the sensitivities are tweaked a little bit more, and as they work on that, I think the flight model will start to make a little more sense, if that makes any sense, in that, okay, we know there's a rudder issue, the rudder is super sensitive, and they're going to be working on that on all the aircraft, but as I'm getting used to it, I haven't had as much time as a lot of other people perhaps have had in, in the sim. But uh, as I get more and more and more time, it's almost like my brain's going, oh, I get it. This is what I have to do. This is the way that I have to fly. I'm also getting used to having a yoke, as I've said before. I didn't get to use my honeycomb yoke very often in the past because I had to put it up. And then every, every time I was done with a session, I had to take it down. It was a bit of a pain logistically. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to kind of leave that to the side. And when the simulator comes out, you know, I'm going to set things up. I'm going to have it there. I'm not going to take it back down. And that way, it's there. It's ready for me to use. And I, I'm learning as well. So some of my growing pains or my learning issues are simply, there's a lot of new stuff to get used to. But I think some of the flight model issue, some of it, is a mixture of the new model that is very different and the controllers, which... Some areas of the controllers are a little bit better, and some of it needs, still needs a little bit of work, like we mentioned the rudders. So I think as that portion improves, as the controllability improves, I think the flight model will make more sense to those of us who are used to different models. I mean, at the same time, don't forget, we're all just learning a new simulator. We're getting used to all its controls and all that stuff. So yep. it is a whole, you know, you acclimatize yourself to a whole new uh, set of, uh, that's a whole new environment. We could probably say that. It's uh, it's your simulator, sure. it's your controls. Uh, and for many people, it's also uh, new controllers, right? Some of them are getting a yoke or a stick, uh, adding pedals. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, so there's been a lot of uh, of that. This jumps perfectly for our next topic, uh, which has been focusing a lot more on the result of the flight simulator release. Um, Obsidian Art actually made a really interesting video about that. Um, his big title was 2.6 billions in hardware sales, um, yeah. <laughs> which you'd say is pretty eye-catching at first. Oh, 2.6 billions. And uh, when you dig a little deeper, uh, you look at... Um, at an article from uh, John Petty Research, and these guys have been estimating uh, a 2.6 billion. Uh, <clears throat> we can say it's uh, it's cash flow. Essentially, you're looking at the flight sim hardware market that's going to be over the next three years, and that forecast for them has been approximately, because of course that kind of uh, information tends to be uh, behind paywalls. But roughly, we can look at around that number and say, okay, there's about 2.6 billion spent. But what's interesting is they mentioned that approximately um, a few million people would have uh, the simulator within over the next three years. They're estimating 2.27 million units sold. 
So that's the simulators. Um, and if we even just estimate that, just with the standard version uh, on your own currency, Fermium and CAD, so it's roughly $80. I think it's 60 if you're on USD. Um, do that number times 2.27 million yeah. units. <clears throat> that's a lot of money already. But what they were really focusing on was all that's around it. You have all your hardware. So your, your yoke, your sticks, your throttle uh, quadrants, uh, your track IR, but also your hardware, your computer, your CPU, GPU, monitors, track IR, and everything that can make a more immersive experience like we're going to have soon with VR. Uh, and there's going to be a new generation coming out as well. So it's a lot of things. And that is kind of a little boost to the, we could call it the economy. It's an economic impact oh, from yeah, the release, sure. right? <clears throat> and I found that very interesting. You know, you have essentially, we could call it a boost. Um, <laughs> a little more than what the U.S. government has been uh, giving us little checks and these people are putting it straight yeah. into their uh, oh, yeah. into hardware that they're going through but We're stimulating uh, the economy exactly so it's it's your your stimulation you know that's oh, yeah. and i want to find interesting about that is it really shows that um flight simming is an ecosystem and while we've mentioned that in the past we've always mentioned it under an add-on side of things so software where you can buy your scenery you can buy your add-ons your planes and so on and so on and that yeah. has always been very uh, software based we did talk about hardware as well but it's mostly been in certain details this time the simulator we could say has been perfect for this and it has released at a perfect time for this uh, because you know you have your your cpus from amd coming out uh, closer to november uh, maybe a bit of December. You have your GPUs from NVIDIA and AMD. Those are coming out starting in September and probably also November for AMD. So uh, that is coming out really close to uh, to to this month, uh, which is August. Uh, and then on top of this, you have the consoles which are coming out. And we know Microsoft is going to use this uh, as a visual uh, to sell the console, but also as a hardware uh opportunity to show you know this is the capabilities that our console can provide uh in your living room which is amazing so there's this all these little things and it, it makes you really understand that it, it is a big uh world that one simulator can touch just out of nowhere a huge uh, impact it's really a gigantic impact because so many people are suddenly drawn in from it would be interesting to get a, an idea of where they've all heard about it or seen it or what has brought these people that had absolutely no known to themselves interest or experience. They've never used a flight sim. They never thought about buying one. It never really crossed their mind. But yet here they are. And this 2.6 billion just shows they're so excited by what they see and whatever potential for them, how they want to fly or what they want to do, that they're willing to spend Oh, I gotta get a, I, I gotta get a PC, and I, I need a really great video card. They're, they're asking, they're, they're learning, kind of like what I did when I was rather young, and I didn't know anything about, you know, I didn't know anything about computers. You, know, you turn them on, you play a game, whatever. But I didn't know how to build one. I didn't know what I needed to make it, you know, to make this part run better. And was it RAM? Was it, was it CPU? Was it GPU? I didn't even know what CPU GPU was at, at one point. But because of the simulator, it, it forced me to learn. And I see a lot of new people, 
you know, oh, well, you know, they're asking a lot of spec questions and mm -hmm. it's kind of exciting. And that's where that huge figure is coming from because whatever they have seen and wherever they have seen it, it has sparked this kind of spending and this kind of interest. And a huge chunk of that, I think, bigger than we expect, is people that are completely new. And we're not even thinking about Xbox. We haven't even got to the point where, you know, we're thinking about how many Xbox uh -huh. to Hey, Hi. Hey, guys. And Xbox is a big market. Oh, geez. 90 million? They, they, they're saying that they have a 90 million subset, if you want to call it that, of, of people that are going to suddenly have the ability to take, yeah, a yeah, peek, yeah. to take a peek at it. And if they, like I said, if they could capture 20% of them, we're talking Which would be a great million, achievement. It would be. Even if it's 10, 10%, you, you got 9 million people added to how many ever there are of us. For sure, it's going to double. For sure, it's going to double the ranks. And despite the worries of some people that, you know, new, inexperienced people are coming in, we don't know how they're going to behave in multiplayer. They're going to go crazy. And some people are nervous. And, and, you know, I can understand that as well. But the more people that come in, the more attention the more money that's there to work with, the more feedback they're going to get. And I just think that the bigger it gets, the more impressive what we can end up with is, you know, down the road, what we can end up with. So, yeah, and think of it very basically. Most of us have been flying right now VFR. You know, I've, I've been taking uh, the, the X-Cub, I've been taking uh, the Diamond, I've been taking all those little planes, and I've just been yeah. flying around. It's just, uh, that on. is what I feel like doing when I click on that flight simulator yeah. button. And that and is the what first. the console yeah. will provide as well. Yeah. Right. If you really need to go into uh, that 787 cockpit and have your checklist and have all of this, that's what the computer version is there for. So I think that even though a lot of people are saying, well, okay, the Xbox version is not going to be as good because, and then you have all your 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 judgments about console versus computer, um, assuming that a console doesn't have as much performance as a computer and that it's harder to handle because of its inputs and so on and so on. Um, yes, you have those little details that you would not be able to do in, in a cockpit that you can do on a computer, but the next generation of uh, of consoles is just that much more powerful than <clears throat> the average computer here, unless you have a 2080 Ti, of course. Um, then you know that's where you start thinking. A lot of people have been playing with a controller, a basic DualShock or an Xbox controller. Um, heck, even SimTom was doing that in the uh, in their Friday uh, community flying. Those are the things that you can still do on a computer. So if you can do it on a computer and fly your plane and just enjoy it uh, and even learn from it, why couldn't you do it on the console? And so this is where I think it's the market for the console version might be bigger because by the time they're done with the computer release, understanding what kind of issues happened, understanding the kind of load they had um, in their servers, during the first day and the hype that people had and all those issues that they understood and are now working on a fix for, they will learn from this experience and be able to make it even more seamless on the Xbox release and just have it all there 
Um, and they'll probably, I don't know if they're going to even do a, a physical version. I think they would. Um, the same way they did with Aerosoft and uh, and selling a, a boxed version. And they would just throw that out, uh, hopefully soon enough, so people that don't have a good computer can enjoy it on, on the latest, uh, uh, on the new Xbox. And just, you know, that's that's out there. You can enjoy it. And really, there shouldn't be any limitations that you would see from previous generations. So don't judge too much the new consoles. It could just as well be as powerful um, in all aspects. And I think oh, yeah. that that would help even though even more like Microsoft, but also the community uh, and just bringing everyone together into this, this big... Uh, Tent. I don't know. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, bring bring yeah, everyone under the same roof and yeah, just enjoy that that passion that is usually yeah. so expensive. Now you exactly. can just all have for for a hundred bucks. You know that is a, that is something to think about. Is that as it expands, as with almost any anything in the marketplace, it, it, you know prices will become there'll be more competition because there's more interest. There's more potential. And it will help keep prices or make prices, you know, become a little bit more reasonable. It's less niche as we keep hearing that phrase all the time. So for the people that are afraid that it's going to be, you know, 500 kids flying, you know, loop the loops over your favorite airport and nobody can get a word in edgewise and they can't take off or land. I think there will be arenas and areas where that will happen and probably it's going to be sort of sectioned off, so to speak. And I think that'll be fine. As long as you can fly your sim your way and your friends and yourself, of course, together can have – that's why the group is it's an important uh, multiplayer feature. That if you don't want to be in something chaotic where some people are going to love that, they're going to think it's funny and it's going to be silly. And for that area, let them do it. As long as you have your sim the way you like to sim, I I think people will find confidence from it once they realize – all these new people are coming in, but it doesn't mean that it's going to destroy my experience. There's some expectation it'll be a problem, but I think as this is perfected and as experience goes forward and they see that they're able to enjoy it the way that they want to, it effectively can be a lot of things to a lot of people. And it'll be more inclusive, not more niche. And the, it can only be a positive thing as, as that goes forward. So I'm not afraid of the Xbox uh, integration or the Xbox experience. And because I think it will be, like I said, I think it will be sectioned off or not really closed off, but there will be distinctive areas in which you can partake or avoid, depending on what you're. So essentially the multiplayer aspect? Where yeah, on that part, yep. You think I hear it a would lot be people... best to, to cut it and say, well, I just want the computer or I just want the Xbox. We don't even know if those are going to be cross-compatible multiplayer-wise. Right, right. Even though I, think I, would, a lot of the... I would believe they would. I would think at some point, yeah. Because they, they've they're... done a lot of, of seamless work with other games and with their current platforms. They've been really working hard on, on integrating it all into one so you can have your games on your computer and your Xbox. Uh, there's even services now where you buy it on one, it's available on both. So I would understand why they would connect to multiplayer. Uh, me too. And I think that's for those that are older and maybe they haven't done a lot of multiplayer, you know, they're simming alone or, or whatever. I think that I haven't, I haven't done a lot of multiplayer for various reasons. One time I didn't think I was good enough 
or my internet wasn't the greatest. So I thought the experience would be real stuttery or my PC at the time might not have been up to it trying to run FSX and do, you know, well, not really FSX because I got into that kind of late, but you know, even in FS9, it'd get real stuttery because the hardware was as I piled in add-on after add-on and 10,000 different aircraft and everything else. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be something that's a little bit new, even for me, despite all these years. And I think that, yeah, it'd be kind of crazy to go into something where, you know, you've got 50 planes doing barrel rolls and the hot air balloon that somebody's bound to develop, hint, hint, 400 knots, <laughs> nothing less. Um, you know, just, you know, I have to say something though, and I hope this doesn't drive people crazy, but this sim is so beautiful. This is going to sound nuts. Take away the 400 knots of the hot air balloon. But on a, you know, on a summer morning or a spring morning and you're in a hot air balloon and you're just floating over the mountains and over the scenery, in a way it would be kind of fun if you really just wanted to take a sightseeing experience and kind of, you know, pick some place in the world that really has, you know, this kind of a, a service. Like in Alaska, they had it. I didn't do it, but uh, they had a couple of them in Alaska, and I thought, wow, imagine how beautiful this would look. And, it, you know, obviously it's slow, but literally it's just there for the sightseeing. So it would be kind of cool if somebody would uh, come up with one, but I'm sure they'll probably come up with it with a, a really powerful engine. So. <laughs> yeah, with a 400-knot option. At least it, try to make a switch um, <laughs> to make it easier. Yeah. I mean, please. I did look at the SDK a bit because I'm always curious as to you know what's been done, what's been on their mind, what have they been working on, and you know the balloon itself. It's not an easy flight model, especially when you don't have any templates for that type of thing. So I'm guessing at worst it's gonna happen once helicopters are out because then the the yeah. The, the flight simulation itself would be closer and that way it would just be easier for someone to kind of hack something out of it and and have more understanding over more of a vertical uh, aspect than of a horizontal like all other planes so then I think we'll have more of an opportunity to find someone with a hot air balloon with or without 400 knots of course of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how hard it is to fly a hot air balloon at 400 knots. It's really hard. But um, well, I don't know. I just, I just thought, I did think of that when I was doing the trip around Hope, British Columbia, and I thought, wow, can you imagine seeing this from something really slow? Like, and then of course I thought instantaneously that uh, I said, I, I don't really want to say it in the podcast. They might say, oh, it's crazy. Get him off. But uh, it's but, so beautiful. It would be something to see. That kind of so adds somebody, to it. Yeah, like, I mean, in, in itself, I, and people, I don't know if a lot of people did try and just enjoy that, but there is a whole soundscape that's been worked on. It's one of the features. I know oh, they're not yeah. very advertised. They've been mentioned in the Discovery series, uh, but that that's pretty much it. Even though the, the Discovery series had its own episode dedicated to this, um, nobody really knows about it it's that the simulator has a biome system whereas they do a classification of land and based on those different classifications they recreated a sound environment and i'm saying not from the plane but from the nature itself from the earth from what you would hear if you were in that place 
Yeah. And that soundscape added with, of course, so that's on the ground. But if you figured out a way to, to fly low in, in your hot air balloon, <laughs> you could experience both at the same time. It's true. That'd be kind of cool. Flying yeah. over the ocean, or you're heading towards the coast and you hear that. Exactly. And, and then just add, add this, layer. Yeah. Have, have, a, have a nice graphic setting, and then figure out a way to put this as your background on your desktop. And, and yeah. that's it. And you get you well, can create so your many, own things from that. There's so many people that literally have come simply because they've seen something they they find wonderful. That's where all these new people are coming from. They're not suddenly realizing, wow, I I, I can't wait to learn all of the systems. And they may they may discover that they have a, a taste for that or a love for that. They may not know it yet. But I think a lot of the interest is these gamers and these people have just basically. They've caught something on YouTube or maybe maybe somebody on Twitch or something. They've caught something. They're like, God, look at that. I, I probably could see my house. And it's the visuals that have brought them. The flight model will improve and the two together will keep them. And then they will see and learn how deep do they want to get into it. So I think as they work on the model, and I do kind of hope, I don't know if they'll make the default aircraft available for some kind of updating in the twitch q a it seemed like at the moment there might be a licensing issue to being able to oh to modify really, the default yeah, planes yeah for yeah oh or you to mean, yeah a template like to use it as a template to then create a different variation well there is one that's crap. open source even though that doesn't mean licensing wise that you can use what's in it, it just means you can open up the plane and and understand how the code's written you can't okay. reuse that code, um, and I guess it's yeah, it's still a work in progress. It's there's a lot of work, and I guess we can kind of follow this with the the updates and all that stuff. And what a lot of people, uh, <laughs> some impatient ones, have been all asking, you know, it's well, when's the next update? We want to get this fixed. We want you know all these things. Guys, don't forget, this is, I know it's it's still a pretty big team. These guys probably have over, I think there are 120 people down there. Uh, in Asobo, yeah. and there's more at Microsoft. Um, there's tons of people working on this, and they all have very precise work. Um, we have so many people that work on different things, right? We have Jane, who's with us. She's all about the community and, and making it great for everyone, have a great experience. Then you have all the Asobo devs that are also making videos and showing us things. You have the partners which are making videos to show what they are adding to the simulator. But without those videos, you would not understand what they're doing. And sadly, not everyone can make a video to say, hi, this is what I'm doing. And part of that is just all the bugs that are need that needs to be fixed, all the deployment that is happening, but also the continual uh, development of the simulator. There's still people working right now on continuing to optimize the simulator. Then you have other people who are also looking at the features that still need to be worked on. You still have VR, you still have shared cockpit. There's a lot of things that still need to be added on top of that. And then of course you have uh, future DLC packs that are coming as well. You have helicopters. So there's all these different levels and all these people have to combine their work together to make one update. And that is a lot of work on its own because you have to test absolutely everything. You have to test if putting uh, an optimization update with a bug fix 
put those together, will that modify something that will cause another issue in the simulator? And all of these things combined together means you need to do a lot of testing before things can come out. And you guys saw, even though you do all this testing, there's only so much you can do uh, before you have to release it. And sometimes some things slip through. And we've seen that. It happens. Every single game has had uh, a launch with a few errors, a few issues, oh, yeah. uh, sometimes more glaring than others, of course, depending on the game you're looking at, the development time, if they were rushing or not. But it's it's a lot of work. And we tend not to see that work in the background. We tend just to say, hey, where where is that next update? It's been a week already since the sim has been released. I want to see more. Don't be too harsh on these guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they're working unbelievable. I mean, I think during the, the, the Q&A, uh, I think uh, one of the devs said, listen, we know about the autopilot issue, whatever. They had the largest team working on, on those autopilot issues. So I would imagine we have to also realize, again, I've said this over and over again, Microsoft Flight Simulator has a 38-year-old name. But honestly, if you look at the technology, it's a whole new – Asobo is a whole new team. I don't know if any of the Aces Studios people are involved in the direct development of the sim. I'm not that would quite be sure. interesting. Yeah, to know, but it's it's all new. Let's let's say it's basically all new people. It's brand new technology. It's including things that have never we've dreamt of it, but we never believed it would be included anytime soon. With the live, yeah, we've had live weather. We never had you know the live AI like this and. And a lot and of the people weather... were skeptical about what was exactly. already announced as features as well. Yeah. So we have to, if we can look at it from this perspective, despite the fact that Flight Simulator has this long history, if we can treat this version basically as a restart. I know some people say, yeah, but they use the FSX code. And again, I've said it over and over again. They've used it as a scaffolding, not as a clone. It was the bones of the structure. It was something to start with from which you could work and expand and then sort of erase or dispense with. You know, the vast majority of it kind of yeah. would be either so altered or, you know, stripped away that in the end, it was just the faintest understructure. So we need to kind of treat it as if it's something new and give it the same period of time that we gave the other simulators to kind of perfect those things microsoft's gone a long way with the visuals we can see that it's, it pushes them way ahead yeah but, but i just want to point out they rewrote the aircraft system they rewrote well yep. they didn't rewrite they actually made a whole new uh aerodynamic simulation they created a whole worldwide atmospheric air mass simulation and then that interacts between the air mass and the three environment as well a lot of these things have been created from nothing the atmospherics and the weather as well and a lot of the systems i know there's been some stuff about the gauges um and the physics engines that have been taken from before because physics don't change that is an area that has been clearly defined engineers and, and physicists know the basics of flying i mean friction doesn't change uh you know from from a year to another it's the same coefficients so those of course will remain what will change is all those things that I just mentioned before. So yeah, that FSX code, a lot of improvements, not just oh yeah, copy paste. Right, yeah, that's that's the one thing that 
if we reiterate that it isn't a copy paste, it isn't a clone, that then we know. And if everybody looks at it that way, it's not like you're, oh, you're just trying to let them off the hook. You're not. It is really something that's new. And how much ever time we've given, you know, we didn't give it to Flight Sim World for whatever obvious reasons. And <laughs> there have been other iterations that have come and gone very quickly for various reasons. You know, Flight was, we all know about Flight. Um, I think if we just have the patience and they're being upfront enough and they're being, they're giving us information frequently enough that we know we're not going weeks on end or months on end. Oh, when are you going to fix the bridges or when are you going to fix the rudder? And it's not, we know based on the development roadmap and the, the feedback and, and all of the updates that we're getting every Thursday and, 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 and things on YouTube, there's so much information that we're not going to be thrown to the wolves and just abandoned. Thank you for buying. We're gone. So, and I really, when that first world update comes out in September, I believe it is, that's really going to give people an initial view into how this is going to be going forward. If it's a significant update, it's really going to promote a lot of positivity and a lot of relief. If it's a tiny update, there'll be some people that are worried, but I have a feeling if the first one is rudimentary, then the next ones as they come will be more and more advanced as they go on. So I think that first world update will be a major thing. The first major update to the sim will also be another one. So we have a couple of updates that are coming up into the future that going to set the tone. And it's going to set the positivity or the concern, which I think, of course, it'll be positive, but... For well, those that are concerned, uh, I have a development roadmap. That's the version 4.02. Um, I'm not sure if it's yeah. the latest one, um, but I tried looking around. I couldn't yeah. find another one. It shows the the month of September, and um, so of course you have more partnership uh, series that are being released. Uh, you're getting the feedback snapshot, which is more of a the, the general launch feedback snapshot so they're going to tell you this is what we've heard from you guys and this is on top of the twitter support on top of the uh, website updates where they said hey we know those um, they've also added a whole page for all the the bugs and fixes that they've that they've gone through uh, so they're putting a lot of stuff and i think that snapshot that feedback snapshot is going to show you the overall picture which is great when you're managing that kind of project. Uh, and the fact that they're sharing it with us is already great. Um, then mid-September, we'd be looking at a world update. Uh, and this would be the series episode one. So they would show us this is what, uh, or you'd be expecting soon as an update, uh, or what will be available uh, when that comes out. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but at least they'll be announcing uh, and yeah. showing us, you know, this is what is or will or has uh, been updated in the world and what we're continually improving on. And then late uh, September, you have another partnership series. Uh, so that means we're going to have uh, quite a few interesting partnerships. Yes. We, we've had quite a few since since launch, actually. We had two. Um, so we're going to get some more, and that leaves a lot more openness to it. Oh, yeah. It's Especially, a steady flow. Yeah. And, and the SDK has been a little rough to work on with, with many, so I know it is a slow start. Um, but a lot of people are hyped to just even get into it and just get started. Yeah. Um, so we can you know still see some issues, but it works. You know what else is interesting? Um, the update, when we see them, 
it's gonna be interesting to see how the update correlates to some of the discussion in the community in the forums you know on discord and on on reddit to see if some of the things that that people have been asking about or hoping for or pointing out if they actually make it into that update because if there's enough of the community input that makes it into that update it's going to go a long way to building that trust and you know keeping everything positive and you know kind of i don't want to say keep the hope alive <laughs> that sounds too fatalist but you, you know what i'm saying it, it it will point to hey they really are listening and they listened to this degree or they were able to get our input into this already so it kind of is going to show a timing and an amount of awareness of what we're saying because in the past there's an awful lot of sims in the past that you know the community could rail about something for six months and never see a single adaptation that takes into account you know we've been screaming about x y and z for six months nothing's happening no patch no nothing so with these updates it's it's a great thing it's gonna give it's gonna give us a lot of um of confidence so i'm very curious to see mm -hmm. yeah to what level we have uh, only tense who i think has a question for us oh go ahead you can unmute and, and ask us the question feel free otherwise i'll just read it <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll do that for now um and i hope he can give us a little more explanation because this question uh is I don't know much about it, so I'd love if he'd also try to unmute his mic. Um, his question is, have you guys tried the Google Earth 3D thing for Microsoft Flight Simulator? Um, I am not aware of, of that, so if you want to tell us a bit about it, I guess it would be a port of some Google Earth data into the simulator. Oh, was this was this something to do with the the textures they were trying to apply? from Google Earth to some things in the simulator. I think I heard something about this, but I, I as well didn't dig too far, but I had heard that somebody was trying to take some of the textures that might have low res in Bing, but they were you know, a better resolution in Google Earth. And I they were know, somehow you, you trying some to- licenses for that. That sounds a little sketchy on Yeah, I'm sure. It's definitely not something Microsoft would be at all promoting. So please don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? There's been a lot of people talking about having add-ons for points of interest where you'd be able to show different things. And I'm guessing certain, well, I mean, different sources will, will show up. Yeah. And not necessarily because we're saying Google Earth, Google <laughs> versus uh, Microsoft. Yeah. So there's competition here. But even just other companies that are not even directly competing, you know, in this sense, you would have that data that has to come from somewhere. And well, if Microsoft doesn't have it, then someone with a third party add-on will make it. And of course the source will have to be from somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, it's just a question of time and maturity, I think. Uh, if we go texture wise, we know these guys are, are looking at improving that. Um, it'd be interesting to see what comes up uh, texture wise. Because yes, you could yeah. totally go and say, well, let's apply some Google Streets view to to, to the lower lower ground, right? So when you get closer to the ground, you'd use those textures instead, which would be a pain to, to process just because you have all the people, you have all the cars, you have a, a lot of, hi there. 
you have a lot of uh, of these extra, we could call it uh, texture uh, issues, right? You, you have those extra things that you don't really want to see uh, when you're on the ground. So while you could use high resolution, it would not be visually of higher quality necessarily because it has to be cleaned off. You need to remove uh, people, wow. you need to remove cars, yeah. you need to remove clouds. You need, even in some places, uh, there's some amazing screenshots sometimes of little places where uh, you see that a plane was taken from uh, from one of those satellite pictures. And the way that the AI handled it, for example, uh, yeah. that's, that's a great example of how, you know, things are not always perfect, but no. they do work fine. And well, you get that one exception that happens. So, and there's a lot of cleaning and that's one thing that went through uh, the process unnoticed. So I don't know about, you know, getting straight your data from Google because it would still be the yeah. same process that you'd have to go through with Microsoft uh, <clears throat> as also evidence, please also mentioned, you know, just to have all the bridges that you'd have to go through all the landmarks. There's a lot of cleaning and the process itself would need a lot of work no matter what both sources technically have come from uh from from different companies microsoft does not necessarily have all its satellite data from its own satellites there's a lot of subcontractors that they will buy uh satellite imagery from same with google so it's it's all the question of building a database and then being able to understand the data that you have um quantify it or more use qualify should i say it so understand what you have in there sort it through and then how do you process it before being able to put it in the simulator there's there's a lot of steps that are involved in taking just a a satellite um picture and then slapping in the simulator that's what we used to see and certain add-ons did that it, it didn't look great because there was yeah, none a, of that processing we have a question from uh, gats 2022 and he asked you directly, do you think that someone will port over some scenery, orthophoto tiles from X-Plane 11, so that some places look better? But as you were saying, it's more than just a, a simple port. Um, and also, I mean, we do know that there's going to be this regular updating from Bing. It's on a, what, 28-day cycle, and it'll be coming in all the time, of course. Um, well, scenery, orthophoto tiles... You know, there's there's a lot of things. First, you'd have to integrate with the the sim system, which you have your ground elevation, you have the the way you map your texture to that, right? And it's not just the elevation. At this point, this whole mess of polygons that create a shape that you recognize as a mountain, for example, will have to be mapped out, and then you get your different resolution. Someone could do it. I don't know if it would even look better depending on the amount of work someone would have to go through and if it's really worth it because um, it's also a lot of gigs it's a lot of efforts it's a lot of time it's a completely different system from x-plane so if someone wants to do this they could totally do it um, i don't know if it's worth the time especially if they're going to keep updating the sim uh, with the maps and, and all that stuff I don't know. Uh, someone will make add-ons to say, hey, if you want something straight away, here. This one's been done with uh, Shared Cockpit. Some people have made add-ons straight away and say, hey, look, this works. If you want it right away, give me 12 bucks. I give you the software. Enjoy it. That's what some people will probably do with with uh, 
with the same thing, they'll probably get some Martha photos and, and just kind of start working on it and just put uh, and try the same thing until this matures to the point where those become irrelevant uh, or just obsolete. Evidence, please, makes a good point. He says, this is a mega massive budget flight simulator. This ain't no indie project like, you know, X-Plane or Flight Gear. So they have that advantage of having, you know, the budget and the team. And let's face it, uh, as far as I know, maybe I don't want to misspeak, but Google doesn't own the satellite, right? Microsoft doesn't own the satellite. They're literally buying. I'm sure some of these companies own satellites. I don't know yes. if they use it for all the data they've gathered through. Yeah, I don't know how I mean. many years of of uh, Earth imagery. So I know there's some stuff that they have bought. Yes. Actually, even the, the video on Bing Maps uh, kind of proved that point as well. Yeah. And it's also interesting that Black Shark in there, in that announcement, that they were able to, what, process the entire world in a 72-hour period so that updates and things that are coming in, literally in a 72-hour period, they can they can integrate a lot of new information. For me, it's going to be really interesting to, to see what these Bing updates are like, how they're coming in, how frequently they're coming in, how extensive they are as they come in. That will give you a, another idea. If you extrapolate that out and think, well, if we kind of stay on this pace, you know, it's going to take X amount of time maybe. Although they're random, at least for now, some parts of it are random. So that makes that a little bit harder to calculate. But, but yeah, I'm very interested thing. in that. That's the thing. That. They have to announce it to us for us to know. Otherwise, yeah. we won't know about it. Because most no. of that stuff is scenery streaming. Oh, so it's end. going yeah. from the cloud. Yep. And of course they could update the offline scenery that we have, but I don't think they're very fond of touching uh, a download that would be a few gigs if it was to modify <clears throat> only a little. They'll probably want a big difference, or at least enough of a difference for them to update to the offline scenery. It. So yeah. we'll not necessarily see it all the time. So right. that's the kind of stuff that's just going on in the background. We'll never hear about it if they don't right. tell us. And if we don't go to those areas, let's say they're getting updates in an area that you never go to, you'll just fly over and it'll look great and you won't realize. And somebody who's used to it might say, wow, this is so different in, in you know, a couple months ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, because to me, that's one of the key elements of how this is going to go forward. And that's why I want more and more people to jump over to it, because the more people that come in, it will make it more likely that these kind of major improvements although look at where we're coming from it's it's already at such a high standard but as these improvements come in even more they'll come in i think even faster you know if we suddenly had 25 million people from the xbox world and our world together that have suddenly taken interest and it's really 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 taking off i don't see how they could ignore it or say you know what nah we're good where we are we'll drip you know we'll do drip 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 with the updates and We'll just let, I think they would see the demand and the interest. And I think Microsoft's no fool. They would capitalize as they could. And if they realize, you know what, this area where we're working on it, it needs a little bit of improvement. And we're going to, you know, push this in, like you said, in the background, they won't even notice. It'll just suddenly, you know, for the people that have been flying there a lot, they'll be like, wow, this looks so much better for the new people visiting for the first time. They'll just think, wow, it looks great. So that's yep. why I want as many people to come in because it's good for the marketplace. It's good for payware. It's good for freeware. 
It's good for features that we want added. It's great for the scenery. So the more people that come in, the more interest, the more money, the more attention, we can get more of the things that we dream of. We've already got so much. Now it's just a matter of basically tweaking what we've got already, and which they, is kind of cool. They steer us had. as well. Because all the challenges, the landing challenges, the bush flying and all that stuff, all those little things add up together to a point where they say, guys, if we really need to uh, to see what people think of this area or see if there is any issues that people see, we'll see it through the bug reports or the, the ticket system or through the forums, but just throw an airport that's in that area into the landing challenges or into one of the the hotspots for, for bush flying or, or whatever mission they want us to go through. And they look at what it's what, what people's reactions are to this. If, if you have people that are willing to say something is not right in here, it means that it's something that is significant enough and then they would get feedback on it. And I'm pretty sure they would not risk straight away just putting something. Let's see how it goes. They throw it in there and it's a disaster. They, of course, would have a lot more quality control through there. But at some point, they can just steer us. Hey, look, there's something new that we've been able to to create with the latest update. There it is. And then just throw us some challenges in, in that area. That way we can enjoy uh, a new update. As yeah. easy as that. Yeah, that's... That's what makes everything so hopeful, and it's like it's so different than the past. It's like trying to get used to the idea that, wow, these things really are. In the past, it used to be a dream. I used to say to myself, well, how are we going to get, you know, how are we going to be able to fly VFR? You know, because that was always what I wanted to do. I always wanted to just tour the world, but the world was never good enough. And I remember a long time ago, they said, oh no, they're they're going to go. What's going to really do it is the increase in hard drive back in the day. Oh, as the hard drive gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you're going to be able to store more and more and more. I don't even remember what I was thinking was going to be the way to go in order to get that experience. But the answer I remember back in the day was, well, we just need massive hard drives so we can pile on more and more, you know, scenery and we can upgrade those tiles and make them more and more, you know, detailed, which is going to need a lot more storage space. And to be honest, I'm from the old school. I kind of like having everything with me so to speak but so far it hasn't even dawned on me that i don't actually have the majority of what i'm seeing on my pc but it didn't trouble me like i thought at first when i first started the announcement that it would kind of trouble me Mm -hmm. and so that whole hard drive thing is sort of we're being shown that it's not quite what the future that we thought it needed to be like you know you needed a a 500 gigabyte hard drive back in the day that was outrageous <laughs> you know what i mean yeah well now you are on an ssd you're on an nvme yeah. ssd so yeah, yeah completely different now you're you're really up to the next generation and that's the thing people tend to forget is technology evolves people are still thinking hey we're back in 2017 a new card a new gpu just launched or or things like this technology is constantly moving ahead and we technically lag behind significantly, and I say, because by the moment a product is released, they already are way ahead on the next process. Now, I can't say for this for every company, um, but if you follow a, a leapfrog pattern where you constantly have one project in the works while the other one's being finished, and 
certain people will jump around, but you mostly have that project and it runs for a long time. Uh, usually processors and, and GPUs and all that stuff will run for a solid, you know, four or five years. Um, then, you know, we get that technology so much later that we tend to forget, you know, this is what's going to happen soon. A lot of people are still, you know, skeptical about the next GPUs, about the performance we're going to be getting. Like, there's no way this thing is going to be uh, 30, 40, 50% better than a 2080 Ti. It does not make sense. Uh, I hear that a lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people tell me, you know, this. there's no way we're going to get a performance increase out of this. It doesn't feel right. And this simulator has been built for the next generation, has been built for all this. So all that we just talked about combines together and says, hey, this is the main, this is the main software, but this thing is for later. This is not for now. So the tiling, the, the hard drive and all that stuff, that was already the case with FSX. And we're just ahead now. You know, we've, we've just been pushing further and further and further. Just us consumers will have it a little later because even though companies are trying to rush a product to market so they can get the most out of it before competition strikes, uh, sometimes it just takes so long for development of something so that it's stable, you have your drivers for it, uh, and other uh, hardware companies support it so that the ecosystem works together. And we're going to see the same thing with the simulator, right? We'll see at first it comes out because uh, they have to release it at some point after so many years of development you have to start seeing some of the profits at some point yeah. you can't invest 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 and we're seeing that mature and if they have a healthy head start especially in a, a three or four five like the weather obviously is a giant leap uh the graphics of course are a giant leap the features that they've they've got integrated by default it's it's a it's a pretty big leap so i guess i think what they figured is listen we've been working on it all this time and i was asking i was like oh do you think they should have you know, held off another 60 days or something like that. But I think they, now you can see that they've had a healthy enough head start in enough areas that they figure, you know what, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for people and it's very usable. It's not like it's, you know, an impossible experience. And we're going to tweak these things regularly and we're going to show them again with all the updates that we're here, we're listening, we're working all the time. Nobody's nobody's run off, and so I think that's that's probably why they 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 just said, you know what, now's the time. It's a year since we basically first really started talking about it, and it's time to come out. And we will incrementally improve over time. And like I said in the past, just like we gave Xplane and P3D and some of the competitors the time to develop, if we can put aside that 38-year name recognition and treat this like a new a new simulator then i you know it'll be a positive experience for everybody and you'll see improvements and as we see those improvements it will give us the confidence and the relief to know that the ship is being steered in the right direction we're going the right way if we have a little bit of patience matched up with our expectation we're going to be fine and i i kind of think they are i haven't seen you know there was a few issues there on download day and Thank God again, I was very blessed. I didn't have any issues. I didn't have any problems, no stutters, no stops, no crashes. Very lucky. But as those things kind of melt away into the distance a little bit more and things become more smooth for more people together, 
it's just it's a very beneficial structure it's really great the way that they've laid it out that they're providing us so much regular consistent information and yeah. I'm, I'm very 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 grateful for that i agree on that uh we have bill gates parody which of course is not the the bill gates because that would be amazing but uh um he's asking us a question about any news for official liveries um sadly no <laughs> we don't necessarily have uh the latest and greatest details uh a reminder to you guys we are just community members we are not uh working with Asobo. we're not working with microsoft we're not affiliated with these guys um so no we don't have any news on official liveries even though i do think they are working on a way for us to have liveries fairly simply so have maybe uh, a method kind of like a package manager the same way that the rest of the uh, of the marketplace is built on just so it's a lot easier for people to have access to liveries right now if you want to install a livery it may be a little complicated you do have to modify certain files and depending on on certain liveries and because people build their own liveries and they kind of go through the SDK and to figure that stuff out uh, there's sometimes even different strategies to in different ways to install uh, those liveries. I've been staying away from liveries at the moment because there is the odd one out who ends up having issues due to liveries. If my sim yeah. is stable, I'm not going to tinker too much with it to make it unstable. I do not want that. Um, I think they're still working on it. Just the systems. I'm sure they have right now a list of... Um, of liveries that they have or are making currently uh and they have those permissions from from airliner airliner companies uh yeah. charter companies i guess even cargo i don't even know if they do that uh but they pretty much say we asked almost everyone uh so I, I assume a bit of everything as well uh sadly we don't know if there is any release date on that so you know what it is so much information out there we we fail to realize it's really only how many days since release? Well, pretty much you know a mean? week and two days, I think. Yeah, it's like... This was the 18th, so we're the 27th. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. like, look at how much... it. If you would have told one of us from, you know, FS9 and FSX, yeah, we're going to have 575 videos on the internet that are going to show you every little aspect you can think of, show you all kinds of locations, trip, tricks, tips, tutorials suggestion if you wouldn't believe it there's so much information it's hard to consume it all sometimes it's hard to know where to look it's impossible <laughs> literally yeah, finding it literally impossible and or, so uh, but that, yeah so yeah, that massive amount go of, for it yeah no yeah the massive amount of it's great um let's see we have a question does mf msfs yeah. arm, arm pilot is asking this yeah does Microsoft Flight Simulator want to outdo DCS for amounts of money spent after base game? Hmm. Interesting. Well, we know that Microsoft has a base with scenery and weather, and of course all the rest that kind of follows it. Uh, so if you remove the current simulator, from the simulator you remove the planes, you mostly have that base, which is you have your whole simulation and it runs well. You just need to add the plane, its own flight model, and, and go from there. Technically, DCS 
would be competing at some point. We know there is some some fighter jets which are being worked on. Uh, and some of them are showing us really interesting screenshots of the development uh, with some models and all that stuff. It's, it's really great. They're working on it. Um, but... Insurance! Joe! Yeah, no insurance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'd say, DCS right now is not going to be in direct competition because it's not an easy thing to do. You can't just suddenly have systems for for a fighter gen to say hey let's go we have an f-14 here just just fly and enjoy it um so it, it, there is a lot of work in the background that would have to be done system wise um even weapons wise but we did see an fsx for example attack pack that was a product that was made to simulate uh weapon systems and anyone who had tag pack would be able to get the accurate simulation of missiles so everyone would be able to see those weapons uh being released and going from well usually one plane to another uh <laughs> or to the ground and that was a way to do it that was the fsx go around the civil aviation uh and ga um so it, it was able to work with FSX. So for me, there's no reason why you can't have an add-on right now that would just add stuff. Um, and TACPAC worked in multiplayer as well. to get to, So it, you could have done dogfights and all that stuff. So it is a possibility. I think it will just take a bit of time if you really want it to go um, full-on. right? Because DCS has very expensive planes, but they also do add tent to add quality to those over time, because at first it's not always the the most uh, advanced, but they get to it. And once they have modules that are built, that are full, and you have all the features, could you compete right now with it? I don't think so. The simulator will have to mature, I think, a year or two before we really get a simulator, which would say, that's good enough. You have a strong base. And meanwhile, those that are really interested in having that kind of DCS experience, but in a refreshed environment, um, would have worked on these things. So you could probably have, we could say, an add-on based alternate uh, from DCS then. That would be fun. I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in that. Yeah, in that I also thought maybe there's a little bit of an implication, like is Microsoft wanting to go that just buy, 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 buy kind of route. But what I'm thinking is it, it, unlike titles in the past, because of the way this, the default sim is as it is now and what it will be in the near future, there are some people that are going to be perfectly fine with most of the, they may want a specific, you know, type of aircraft that they, they really desperately want. And maybe somebody who's desperate for a helicopter or, you know, a specific kind of airliner or whatever. And, um, or a, you know a GA aircraft that they really really want, and they may not be out going out there and buying 47, you know, different planes and and you know buying 25 additional airports. There will be people that really wanted it. I mean, at least it's open to the possibility. And if that's what somebody wants, again, as long as it can be whatever sim you want it to be for yourself, it's fine. If somebody wants to go out and spend a thousand dollars on add-ons because a they have it think they need it that's up to them i may not go out and need that much there may be a few airports i really really want because of the way i fly and i need them to be in the sim because of the range of 
uh, of, of the aircraft that I'm using or that I want to fly with. But, you know, as long as they leave it flexible and open, I don't care if the marketplace is a mini Amazon. I don't care because it doesn't mean I have to partake in it to, you know, the, the nth degree in order to feel like I'm simming, I'm really simming, you know, air quotes there. But, you know, just leave it open to people's interpretation, their budget, what they think they need or what they think they want. And it's fine. I, I'm not going to feel pressured into ignoring it. And I'm not going to feel pressured into, you know, having to have every single thing that comes out because it's there. And it's, it's more of a self-discipline and a self-necessity. So, again, same thing with the Xbox thing. Let him in. As long as I can be, as long as I can still fly and use my sim and sim with my friends the way that I want to without maybe having 25,000 dive bombers over my airport. But maybe one day I might like to do it just to see what it's like to have fun. I like the flexibility of it. I so guess I'd those also want to act as yeah. extra things, right? The toggle on or off, the same way you could turn on or yeah. off your, right. your your autopilot. And right now this is Microsoft Flight Simulator, not Microsoft Combat Simulator. So I don't well, even know. They could probably make it a totally separate product if they wanted to. In that sense, it, it's a possibility. I hope they do. I mean, it's so well done. To start off with, I hope they do. I mean, I never do combat. I never did combat flight simulator for various reasons. But I am totally not against the idea. I'm open to the idea because if there are people that want to fly that way and that's the way they that's what they really enjoy, I want them to enjoy it. And I want Flight Simulator to give them as many avenues of fun as they can have or learning or whatever. I, I hope that the aircraft that we have now will be able to be improved upon either by a sobo or if they will at some point allow us to do that or those of us that know how to do it I, I don't i shouldn't include myself in that but you know it would be neat if they could get as cl not well, i don't know about study level everybody says study level is the you know the nirvana but somewhere between good payware and study level that'd be that'd be kind of nice and if they want to add people add military it's it's great I think the there's, more the a, there's a bit of a challenge as well because people say, oh, well, Microsoft Flight Simulator is great, so we can just do that. Um, but we tend to forget that a combat simulator is not just that. There's there's a lot more to a combat simulator than just systems or, or the environment. Um, so I think it's going to be a little harder for Microsoft to really adapt to this. There's been a lot of, of work with DCS even from before it was Falcon 4.0, but things like dynamic missions and all, all these little things that create a scenario, um, just ground equipment, vehicles or weapons, and all these little things, that would be a lot to add. So overall, if they really wanted to get into this, they would have to work from the ground up where another company uh, already has that type of experience. Um, and I think people might just be interested in having that option. Uh, some are trying to see if there could be some competition finally so that uh, there could be at least uh, a little more consumer-friendly practices uh, and price competition in, in DCS so that there's also more variety and there's at least uh, uh, another choice if you want to go combat flight sim. I have two questions here. If we could do this. AMD Radian 386 says, what do you think of FSX-like missions being added in the future, and 
on the topic that we were just on, the Master Sim. Uh, thank you. First time listening to the pod. Question, do you guys think that Asobo will improve the default planes a lot over time or kind of leave them as they are with maybe a small fa- fix here and there? So we were just kind of touching on that, and I was saying I hope that they get to a point in the licensing agreement that it would allow for that because the allow for people to modify you mean yeah in order to bring for the people that have a love of those aircraft and they want to bring those current payware ish standard up to a higher level maybe somebody out there wants to bring it to to you know make a version that's a study level to me that's a positive because the stronger microsoft flight simulator is out of the box so to speak and the stronger that default that you're working from becomes especially if there's a, a gateway or something where you can incorporate what the community is providing and make it official, so to speak, whether that's payware or, I mean, freeware or however they're going to do that, I think that's a positive thing. Um, and uh, as far as the missions, I, I typed in there, I hope they do. I know there'll be add-ons that will do it. I hope they do. I think a lot of people enjoy them. Sometimes you're at a loss. The world's big. And it could be overwhelming. Like, I, I, I don't know where to fly or I, I don't yeah. exactly know what I want to do today. So just having a mission, that's sometimes I'm tired. I'm like, a scenario oh, mission, do... right? Yeah, like the landing challenge. I just, like last the night before last, I just did a bunch of, of Courchevel over and over and over and over again because I was tired. I had worked. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And the landing challenge was nice because it kind of gave me that structured goal. Goal that you need re-entry. to achieve. Yeah. So I hope they do, and I because I know during the Q and A they were kind of hesitant to say that they would, or that they kind of didn't want to. But I think some of that hesitancy is because they do not want to alienate, especially early on, that hardcore base. But I think over time, if enough people are positive about missions, campaign mode or whatever, and and some people want it as an option that can be turned on and turned off, nothing by default. I think they will see over time that enough people really want it that a they may mode? maybe or or just continue to create a lot of activities and a lot of challenges, which forget, are kind of like mission. A solo you know? has a job posting for that mission creation. So yep. we're looking at something there. In October. Also in, yes. the, um, in the last uh, feedback snapshot, version 8.01 FS. The campaign mode, mission, and progression is pretty much the only thing that has not been answered yet. The whole list of top questions has been answered, but that one. So, maybe, yep, they're just working a bit on that to make sure it's fine. It's not a big deal if it's not out yet, because people currently have their their challenges where they can land, they can do bush flying, or they can do the the 152... uh, uh, training lessons and then this comes in after so as you said the hardcore simmers can get through it can just get comfortable with what they have and then that additional feature comes in after funny yep. thing though the, the posting never got removed so i don't know if they found someone which i believe they would by now if they really really were looking for one and i don't know if their goal was just to uh, keep it up there so it wouldn't give too many hints <clears throat> or if they're yeah. just even thinking about you know that kind of logic or, oh if it's on or off if you remove the posting people are going to think it's on certain companies do that 
and some companies love doing that. I don't know if Asobo is one of them, though. Yeah, I, uh, only ten said. I expect only uh, bug fixes. I doubt they're going to make them study level. Uh, of course, I don't expect Asobo or Microsoft to make them study level. Yeah. It would be nice if they were open to permitting at some stage to allow modifications talented people that would allow those modifications to bring it up to those levels and then present it in some fashion in some way in order to have that quality control and whatever they want to apply to it to to kind of give it their stamp of approval maybe that's the way that it would be allowed into the marketplaces that it would be analyzed and and tested and if it met the standards and quality that they wanted that it was approved that it could then I hope they do. I mean, for me, if we eventually end up with a bunch of default planes that have been, you know, brought up to study level, can you imagine having seven, eight, nine study level? It would be unbelievable. And it would be, it'd be hard. There's technically some planes which are, I mean, the Savage Cub, how how far can you really go until it's a complete plane? Right. Right. So I think the, the GA will probably mostly get to the point where you can't really go further because those are small yeah. planes. They're not complicated. Yeah, the ones with the G1000 and things like this, they won't go 100% because there's not a need for that. And those who really want that 100% full simulation, they were going to pay for top-end add-ons anyways. Yeah. So I don't think there's even a reason why they should go all the way to the that little extremity that says, well, we're spending you know so much more to get that little extra more realism. There is that diminishing return, and yeah, they're not they're they're not going to go to that level. I would think that that could only come if so much else was already you know smoothly, you know, the, as these bug as these bug fixes get repaired, you know, they're going to have more and more time. So maybe somewhere down the road. If there's enough, like you said, the diminishing returns, so you need enough people who are wanting it, and you have to have the resources that aren't being taken away from something else that's you know rather necessary and important. So I wouldn't expect them to do any of that. I just hope that they would permit some of the most talented people in the community to be able to do that if that's their passion for that particular aircraft. Yeah. Because in the end, if you end up with a sim with that many really quality close to study level or some of the if they could get the airlines up there that would be unbelievable so in in my estimation i think all of that would be a very positive step that's probably a couple of years maybe as much down the road but i i hope they permit it yeah and like actually i hope they see a different this um evidence pilot uh no, sorry, not evidence point. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Evidence, please. Earlier today, um, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, mentioned that the A32NX Discord now has 14 IRL Airbus pilots and 115 programmers working on the default A320, which would be an add-on available for free. So there is people. And I'm guessing those numbers are going to change by the day or or even by the week. Uh, but if you just have that amount of dedication, and we know Microsoft has been listening to people, there's been a big community outreach, there's been a lot of feedback, there's been a lot of communication in general, at least way more compared to certain companies from different game industries. There's There's been a wide um, 
spectrum. We're lucky to be on the good side. Um, so the, I think they're going to be listening to this, and we might have a good chance of having uh, at least um, some add-ons with much more fidelity. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they've listened so much already, and now that it's released, they're going to be listening so much more because you know now the the, the, the meat of everything is there. We've got our hands on it. We're using it. We're experiencing it. It's not just with the beta testers. It's not just with the developers. Now their baby has been put out, you know, before all the world, and and we're now able to tinker with it and 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 see how everything is working. But I, I think they're going to listen. Uh, everything seems to indicate that they are, and whatever openness they can provide, it seems like they are. And over time, I think the availability and the possibilities of certain things will become not only more realistic, they'll become more of a an actuality. I just think, again, it's going to take a little bit of time. And I answered in the event text, I am more than willing to wait. As, as long as something is a possibility that I think is relatively important, I'm willing to wait. It, there, it isn't a pressure to say, okay, it's a possibility, but I need it in 180 days or I'm going to have a fit. You know, I'm, I'm willing to wait. We've waited literally 14 years. Some of us waited that long. Or if you want to be picky, they came out every two years. So at a minimum, we've waited 12 years for the next flight simulator. So waiting another year. <laughs> another few months or a year yeah, or two is still months fine. or whatever, kill me. You can enjoy so, your time with the current sim. Exactly. I mean, maturity is something that's going to be done for the simulator. It's going to mature over time. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, but um, that's what I like about it, <laughs> clearly. Um, guys, feel free to ask questions in event text. We will answer those if they are pertinent, if they're good questions. And if I caught them. Even though they're <laughs> just fine or whatever. We'll, we'll just answer them, uh, so feel free to ask those. Um, GCATS2022 uh, is, uh, is writing. I upgraded from a... And I'm assuming this is a Ryzen, of course. Um, 2200G to a 3700X. A few days ago, to actually play the game, it made a world of a difference, but not as much as I expected. They stated that there would be optimizations in the next updates, but how much do you think they will optimize the game to make it more playable? Quite simply, until it works really well on a current-gen Xbox, I think. <laughs> They'll have to at least make it a 30 FPS medium settings on on that. If if they could do this, which is going to be rough, because medium settings we we think of medium settings like everything on medium. Some will have to be lower, of course. Um, but if they're able to do that with at least medium textures and have a good radius um, with everything loading in, uh, then you know you could have something really good. I think optimizations people think oh yeah they they're they've already they should have already optimized and there should have already been some work i seriously doubt that we're gonna feel an optimization right away there's just so much that's still being built for this emulator um and i'm not too familiar with uh the optimization techniques and coding but it is something that just will progressively come over time it's just those little extra things you're going to get a few fps here and there as you go and i know they're going to try to use as much as the cpu power this time as possible some say it only takes a few cores one or two 
Um, I figured out right now about six cores is already really decent. If you go eight core, then you're even going to have a bit more room, even though it's still going to use those extra cores to do a bit of work. Of course, you can't max out your CPU um, because there's only so many things, so many tasks you can split between your main thread and the rest of the work, so the other uh, cores. So there will be optimizations. I'm expecting some to even show up uh, as we as, as through the rest of the year, I'd say, really. Um, and then the rest will come in later, and those will be incremental. You'll see them show up uh, slowly. If you really need FPS right now because your thing is just not working well and your hardware is definitely better than the amount of FPS you're getting, like uh, an RTX 2060 and you're getting 10 FPS, there's been some Reddit posts that talk about performance. So you look at those. There's a bunch of them. They'll tell you how to get a few extra FPS by lowering certain settings or modifying some... Uh, some Windows settings. Great. We did. Uh, thank everybody for putting in the link to our recording evidence, please. Uh, Oli Tense also mentioned uh, Spotify, so because we had uh, someone asking for the link for the podcast recording. <clears throat> yep. a good thing. Yeah. So we are on pretty much every platform. Uh, yeah. So Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Uh, so pretty much Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which are the main ones. Uh, also on Anchor, uh, if you just want to click the link and, and a link and just listen, Anchor's the one to go. Uh, we post uh, the link as well in the event text at the end of the event when we close the channel. So it will always be available there if you guys are looking at that. Um, I have uh, only 10 says there was a previewer, can't remember his name, who said that there are other airports that have extra detail to them, not handcrafted though. Any info on that? Yes. We do have info on that. Episode 6, Airports of the Feature Discovery Series with Sven Mestas, the lead game designer. Um, <laughs> essentially, they made a selection of 80 airports based on the most played and busiest airports in the world. They gave those airports more realism. They named the taxiways and signs according to the official IDs that provided more accurate surface definitions. And then on top of that, they made the top-level category, which you guys know. Uh, it's the list of airports that have been fully handmade and that are available on the website. And uh, those airports are the ones that pretty much make the difference with the planes between the, the, the standard, the deluxe, and the premium deluxe. So, yeah, they're, we... they're a little better. Um, you're going to get a little more than just a basic generated airport. Um we can say there's been a little more details. They spent a little more time, but all of those things have been checked uh, with uh, with the AI for generating uh, buildings and all that stuff. So it's still decent. Uh, it's more than when what I would uh, really have if I used payware for every single airport around the world. Um, yeah, so do we have a decent. we have a spec question for you too. Ooh, um, go for it. Mook six one three says I have a twenty eighty Max Q. Uh, did all those Reddit changes and still only get about 20 FPS when using Ultra on 1440 Ultra Wide, and that drops a lot in the cities. I did ask what the CPU was and what the memory and speed were, and he said he has an i7 9750H, 16 gig at 3000. So, yeah. Okay, 2080 Max Q. Yeah. Um, 
so that's already that's first of all that's a laptop right that's uh so cooling is probably the number one thing that i would think about because that's why we haven't seen a lot of very high-end gpus and laptops it's just the cooling potential is not even close uh, to what you'd have in a full-blown tower uh, pc so check out your graphics settings uh if that's supposed to match approximately the amount of fps you're getting um then your thermals would be my next bet um check your power settings as well because sometimes laptops tend to to lock around uh the efficiency versus the performance um really sometimes i do understand why certain gpus struggle with uh cities because there's a lot of stuff happening all at once there's a lot to be rendered and if they are uh thermally constrained then you know they would have a lot of of uh of issues with that look i don't really know exactly what would be causing this it could also just be the fact that you're using ultron 1440p um and the fact that you have that thermal restriction it just drops your fps a lot um i'd suggest just play around with the settings until you get something that's satisfactory and and get yourself some thermal readings see if that's the case if that's the issue then uh that's great otherwise i don't really know what could be the issue um and then only tense quickly responded to my previous answer about the the idiot airports with the taxiway namings the signs official id and all that stuff um asking does that really does that mean that other airports don't necessarily have accurate uh taxiway readings um in that category technically yeah um but do you really need that exact realism if you can have the atc and then charts plus from navblue giving you already all those data um and then if they will have accurate taxiway names later because navigraph is also coming on on board and there's going to be competition to chart plus as well um then yeah they will just have the accurate taxiways for them all which i don't believe is the case at the moment um but there's not a lot of ways we can really grab that information there is some toolkit pro which allows us to see where you are in the game when you zoom in the map uh, they also are mapping out the taxiways so that could be another way you could look at those uh, i haven't tested myself to see if atc was giving me real uh taxiways or not so really can't answer more than that i'll have to do a bit more digging before i could answer that uh, we had a comment a thought on the bugs with some aircraft do you think the sim was rushed for example the a320 likes to roll before uh touchdown and i was about to enter in here um i think you know that they felt the level was strong enough that they could release and that they knew that they were going to be doing updates on a frequent enough um basis that it wouldn't be too long before a lot of it was remedied or at least you know made a lot more playable and i also think that the updates will be substantial i don't think they're going to be just oh we fixed the font you know on on something i think their their aim is to get there i just don't think they wanted to delay anymore i was one of those that thought oh maybe they should have waited until because i thought it was gonna be a november release to be honest timed for 
you know, Black Friday and all this maximum shopping and all that. And I thought it would be another 90 days roughly. But I think they just have the confidence to know. And, and they, of course, know the plan that they have. We, we're seeing the development roadmap, of course. That's what they're showing us. But they have a far more detailed, you know, structured outlook that they're following. So I think in order for them to release it so much sooner than we all expected, they have to have a level of confidence that this is going to be something that will be fixed relatively quickly because why would you work on something in absolute secrecy? This shatters the idea that a lot of people say when you mention a conspiracy and you say, oh, there's no way they could have kept it a secret. Not one person outside of that team leaked that news that any of us knew at all for a minimum of three years that this even existed. So A, a large group of people are able to shut their mouth if they need to and if they want to. And number two, they want to keep your jobs. Yeah, well, yeah, of course, to keep your job and to keep access. That was another thing I said about a lot of the testers. You were hearing some uh, indications there may be problems with the flight model, whatever. And I thought, but if you notice the vast majority of people did not leak, that meant they, they, they didn't leak. They were listening, but they ultimately wanted to keep access above everything else. They didn't want to be, oh, I'm here to explain what a mess you know, this particular aspect is, and I'm going to tell the world. There weren't very many of those people. A, I don't think anybody would have believed that kind of hyperbole. But number two, I think it was they loved it enough. They're like, well, this is something special, and they could see its potential. But, you know, trying to, to loop it back, I think that Asoba was confident that they could get these things remedied after all of those years of secrecy. They could have just easily said, okay, it's coming out December 1st. Give himself four more months, basically, from the time that they announced the release date. And they didn't do that. But they could have because they're reading the forums. They're reading Discord. They're reading Reddit. And so many people, I'd say nine out of ten people, thought this is coming somewhere late September or late October. And there were some of us like me. I thought late November. And a few people thought all the way up close to Christmas. But I think the vast majority of people, nobody really expected this August release. So they literally could have gone you know, into the later part of the, the fall and the winter, and I don't think there would have been much grumbling. There was no outside pressure from another rival saying, oh, well, we're releasing ours in September, so they were trying to beat it. So if you think about it, it has to be the confidence in what they're doing and what they can accomplish, because otherwise it would make no sense. It wasn't like the community was demanding it better come out in August or we're, you know, we're going to raise a fuss. There's a lot of factors, but I think one of them is we've done enough for the sim to be at a stage where most people will be able to fly properly and have a decent enough experience that there's nothing that will be missing to the point where that experience would be broken into a mess of bugs, issues, or features that are lacking. So I think overall, at some point they said, this is how much we've invested. Money, time, development, resources, partnerships, 
and there's more variables that we might not even be aware of. And we know they are pretty well organized. They even show us the development roadmaps, the feedback snapshots. They have as much data as they can to really understand what is the current state of our sim, what is the public reaction to that, because they had the, the insider program. And most people seem to be flying fine. After all, the community fly-in started during the alpha, and people started flying and have flights that were actually working. So in that sense, yes, it was working to the point where people could fly, do flights, and not have issues. And at some point, they said, well, okay, now we have enough done. We don't need those extra features right away, VR, uh, sharing you know, your cockpit with someone else, uh, or even further ahead later with helicopters. These are things you don't really need right away in the simulator. They're great features. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to, to do share cockpit with, uh, with a lot of people, but we're not there yet. But your sim is ready. You could start marketing it. And they knew that they would have their timeline a year before they released. And so when they announced it last year, they knew they would release it essentially this year, plus or minus a month if they really needed it. So they were mostly ready. They knew their stuff. And I think they, they were already planned ahead of time. That schedule was probably well-maintained. So they were able to make that. Yes. Good. So, yeah. good I don't think me. it was yeah. that rushed. I feel it was just planned and it worked. Yeah, and it worked. And and we're going to see. I'm telling you, September is a really important month if now, anybody at I, I just want to mention one last thing. Yes, there's been bugs. Yes, there's been issues. Yes, people have had a lot of trouble downloading stuff. Um, be aware, guys. That always happens. You might be the unlucky one who has a system that is not exactly what they tested. And I'm sure they tested dozens of systems specifically, but not your exact system because everything's different. Everyone has different specs. Everyone has different drivers. There's a lot of variables that go into a computer. So there was bound to be some issues, but most of them are actually fixed now. So there, there are still a few bugs and then people are going to start complaining about what's inside the game itself. Um, this autopilot issue, this flight model issue and so on, but just give them a bit of time and they'll be fixed. It's just a matter of time. We just, if we just treat it, like I said before, a dozen times, give it, give it the time that you would give a new company or a, a, you know, a new group of developers. Like how about dead stick? There's an example. We have this, this title that's been a few years in development for sure. And they release a little bit of information, but they're brand new. And so I think a lot of people are giving them, you know, the benefit of the doubt and they're, they're being relatively patient. I guess they figure, well, I can fly something else until it comes out, but they're not like, you know, pitchforks and flames, you know, marching down the street, you know, where have you been? It's been three years, blah, 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 blah. So I, you know, I just, I think if we give Microsoft Flight Simulator the latitude and the time it needs to bring these things up to the level that the majority of people want, whatever that level is going to be, we'll, we'll see. Like they said to us countless times, they're reading all the forums, they're in all the social media, they are aware, they are listening, and they are prioritizing. There were a few questions in the Q&A uh, during the Twitch Q&A that, you know, they said, oh, well, that one maybe isn't so much of a priority, but then somebody was mentioning the autopilot. Oh, yeah, we have our biggest team working on it. 
and the autopilot is different for every aircraft. And, you know, we're, we're working on, you know, perfecting that. We know it's very important. We are aware. And they've gotten that from us, not only the testers, but they've also gotten that from us. So it's a great thing that they're listening. And as they pump these updates out, it's going to give us the information to let us know just how much they're listening and how much are they able to fix. I think it's going to be a little bit better than we expect, especially as we go through fall and winter, as those world updates and sim updates and partnership updates and marketplace updates, as these filter through based on how they want, like some will be every other month. And in the opposite, in the even months, it might be world update and a marketplace. Then in the odd, it might be partnership and SIM. And they're gonna be pushing these constant updates. So every month, we're gonna have something that's gonna be you know, working to improve on what we've already got. We're not abandoned. <laughs> we're not abandoned. We're not abandoned. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, and and right now in the event text we have uh, we yeah. have some 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 good language saying essentially yeah the the thing is you know it's been a while it's gonna be a while uh, we've all been waiting for a long time and things don't come out of nowhere right so things get built on from itself from the ground up and these things take time to evolve um, now add-ons that already have a past from explain FSX and so on will just need mostly a port. Yeah. So they won't have to do all the research for the plane again, recreate absolutely everything from scratch. They will want to do so that for some systems, for some things, but depending on what the SDK provides them, uh, they'll, it, sh it should be easier than, than just starting from absolutely nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, evidence Please made some, some good points about, you know, the team's focus on the platform and, you know, just we've got a lot of quality people with a lot of experience they're going to be bringing over their their products like you said porting things over he says well, you know nothing will be built overnight pmdg 737 747 777 didn't happen in a day fsx was released when 2006 the first study level general aviation aircraft the cessna 172 trainer for fsx was released by a2a in 2013 seven years after the release of that sim so that's that's it. And it still had a few things that, that had bug fixes. You're always going to have that. There's so many millions of different kinds of setups that we all have. They can't possibly test every configuration. I don't think they can possibly test 75% of the configurations that we all have. So there's going to always be bugs in, in the most expensive, the most tested, the highest quality product you can have you're going to experience those things the object is to make them as infrequent as you can to address them as quickly as you can and i think that's obviously their aim and we're about to see you know how those updates and things are going to be in the next six four to six weeks see a yeah. couple actually you... no, let's talk about the update thing um i'm curious about the feature discovery have you given that any thought of what that could be, I did not expect sure, talk that we would see anymore. VR? So I was kind of surprised. There's, yeah. there's a few well, things that are not yeah. out yet, or it could be a totally new feature that I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> that's a possibility. Yeah, VR is a good one because you know that's what. Uh, uh, probably... Is that somewhere in somewhere in September? 
the uh, Reverb 2? Uh, I don't know what timing is that. Is it October? I don't know exactly. It could, because, you know, that kind of video does announce a feature. It does not necessarily mean it's going to be released on that same day. Uh, Especially now that we're after, before it was announcing, because, of course, the sim was not going to get released until a certain point. Now we're after, so we'll see if that dynamic changes or not. If it's going to be released and announced at the same time, or if they're really going to announce it before, and then they're going to keep working on it, and then they're going to release it later. That's probably something that will happen, I assume. But uh, that dynamic we'll have to, to verify is with with experience. Um, I want to go over something which some people have been hyping slash panicking about. Um it's more of a rumor. There's been some videos out, but it's about the content manager. If you go in the content manager right now in your simulator, the first thing you're going to see is the core content mandatory package, 79.80 gigs, or at least that's for the standard version that I have. And it says relaunch the game to update. And people start panicking, thinking that we're going to have an update to download that is that 79.8 gigabyte download uh so let's let's clear that out no you won't have to download 79.8 gigs and so what i did was i went through the 89 other packages that are in that list in that content manager i added up all the the different space so i downloaded i I pretty much i caught everything all the megabytes all the kilobytes so I put everything, and that amounted to 14 gigabytes, 889 megabytes. So 14,889.395 megabytes. And that is not a lot of gigabytes compared to what the full simulator is. And so when you look at this thing, you say, okay, so the main core package is 79.8 gigabytes. Add the 14.9. That gives you a download of 94.689 gigabytes. That's the whole thing. That's what we downloaded at the beginning when the sim launched and when we started downloading it. So I don't think it's the whole thing that's going to be downloaded. Also, if you look at it clearly, you cannot toggle this, which means you cannot uninstall it or install it because that's the core content. And then if you look through the list, you're going to realize that everything else is flight training, challenges, airports or planes or specific little extra things which means that this core content is actually just the full simulator itself it's the simulation it's the weather it's the scenery structure it's it's all of this and that's what you mostly downloaded during this whole uh depending on what your internet speed it could have been a few hours it could have been days that's what you downloaded. So I think this is just an update to the core. You're not going to have to download 79.8 gigs. You're probably going to download way less than that. It's just an update to the core that's coming up. And that means that it's not going to be updates for the planes, airports, or all that stuff. Probably going to be things like the flight model, like uh, the weather or the scenery. And that's what's coming up. And those are things that are going to be uh, helping you in the overall experience more than just fixing a bug. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes up. But uh, yeah, if you see someone that has a Smith saying that you're going to have to download 79.8 gigabytes again, um, that is not happening. And it's just 
the total size of the current core content, that is going to get an update. We don't know the download size for that, and uh, we have no clue when that's coming out. Good, good job. Yeah, but then for Ail, you do have some interesting talks that we can well. We could say there's more information about other updates that are coming up because we know, for example, they're working on a new effects engine. Ah, uh, yes, they mentioned again in the Q and A. It's really important if you guys uh, didn't catch the Twitch Q and A with the developers. Um, it was very informative, and one of the things that somebody was mentioning, I think they mentioned that, you know, there was no wake. Uh, for the icon when it landed in the water. There was no seeming water effect at all. Somebody else mentioned a contrail that, that was missing. And basically they said, well, you know, we had early on already started working on what they named in the Q&A, uh, the FX uh, 2.0. So we hadn't yet received our release and yet they were already on. They already knew. They're like, we need, you know, we need to, develop this we need to add this they were really already moving into the second version and we hadn't even been able to download the sim yet again another good sign that they are ahead of us and they are aware whether they experienced that themselves whether they read something from the testers in their forum but it just shows that they are so much you know x amount of time ahead of us with some of it so i think that's really going to be exciting that they're going to they're going to work on that because it would be really nice to have those, some of those effects simulated, um, maybe the ocean. Uh, somebody else mentioned they, they were hoping for tidal uh, reaction, uh, tidal physics for the ocean so that, you know, you'd have these different, uh, these different wave action based on tides, not just wind. Yeah, especially for water runways yeah. and um, runways that are essentially on the coastal line. Yeah, so yeah. those pretty close yeah that's kind of fun see those are the details that we don't necessarily yeah. see in the simulator yeah. uh and it's not just that right you have the sound you have this you have the biome system you have the fauna so all the animals that you don't always look at well, you see birds sometimes you're, you might go in africa and see the elephants or the giraffes um and then other things you know which i think are very or at least are giving me a great experience the night rendering so the lighting itself at night is 10 times better than what i experienced previously with even just fsx or from what i've seen in x-plane um, even the multiplayer i haven't seen any issues with multiplayer connections from a end simulator i'm with my friends and they're moving the way they should be um, now sometimes there is still bugs about trying to find the person you want to fly with and <laughs> i know there's still a few bugs there uh but those those are somewhat fixable if you switch the the server region to something else let it load and then come back into your current uh, region if everyone does that then that should fix most of the issues uh but i think there's still a few bugs in there anyways but at least it's a clean experience when it works when yeah. you're when you're with a person you want to be <laughs> which for me happened, I think, about 90% of the time anyways. Um, otherwise, you can force it with a group, um, or you can just go in all players and make sure you're on the same uh, region server, and that's it. Uh, the multiplayer has been very smooth. 
extremely smooth to the point where it, it doesn't even feel like that 100 millisecond of ping if you were to another region server doesn't feel like you're even being affected by that so no. great experience so far that side yeah fun it's something new for me i haven't done a lot of that um last night testing it out it was nice i think i tried um a few days after release but i couldn't see any of the other aircraft but i don't I'm not quite sure what that was down to but the experience last night was a lot of fun, and um, I don't think I ever lost sight, except when I was flying, you know, crazy upside down or whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do a barrel roll in a icon just to see if it was possible, but um, and did it it's work? fun. Like it did work. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, I never do any kind of crazy flying. I'm relatively boring when it comes to that, except for trying to go over mountains with the last gasp of, of uh power that you have left in your engine before you roller coaster it down the other side but which i had to do last night but um uh yeah i'm looking forward to to using more multiplayer and and as i adapt and i learn and i get you know better and more proficient i can expand my uh my horizon style of play yeah i won't be as reluctant the yoke helps of course that's what you're going to get into at some points, right? I know there's going to be people that are going to start creating add-ons, uh, videos, or even just some kind of experience where you can start learning. You know, jet tutorials, A320 tutorials, 747 tutorials. And they don't have to be just in video format. They can just be through an add-on as a mission-based uh, system where you kind of join... Uh, a co-pilot, you are the co-pilot, or you're the pilot in command, and you fly. And they, they tell you, they teach you, they go through procedures, they go through uh, traffic patterns and, and s certain systems. That is something I would love to see through an add-on pack where those tutorials are created and are made yeah. by good people that are knowledgeable of it like imagine that a320 that is uh that is currently made with all those developers and all those pilots i know they're already doing a lot because it's a community driven project it's open source it's creating a free airbus a320 neo that is as close to reality that is already something great but there's so much potential with all these people working on that one thing on that one plane and all those systems that at the same time i'm thinking all this knowledge that's in there could also be harvested to create tutorials that are very specific and go in depth in those systems because what's the point to have a payware level airplane that is released to the community for free that could also have all the variants, A320, uh, 21 or A319, and not have people take full advantage of those right. systems and the depth and functionality that they've put so many hours into putting in there. So after a point, it would be great to see tutorials, if, if it has to be video because it's easier, then I would say still fine. You still have your thing, but share that knowledge that they themselves learned and went through to create, to recreate, should I say, uh, a plane to its highest standard and provide that knowledge to the people 
I think, and if they can have people to work it in a tutorial that you download as an add-on and put it in there and just like the current 152 training you click on it and you go through this as a whole experience yeah, that's great that is something yep. where if you put it you know it's not exactly a donation where but if these guys need donations to work on it i'm sure people would definitely help and providing things um and I know a lot of projects have kept away from donations because it creates a lot of issues when you go into money. But a lot of people would definitely help and support that kind of project. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would love it. And that would and help it, a lot of new people that are coming in yeah. here. That yep, would unify us even more. Sure. Yep. Yep. And it also would, you know, it it kind of would level. I don't want to say level the the playing field, but it would bring these new people up to a level that. It would give them more confidence. It would make more of the features usable, understandable. They get so much more, you know, pleasure out of it. And like you said, it would be a shame to have all of this, you know, advanced development that people either are not aware that it exists or don't have any idea how to use it. And I'm one of them that would greatly take advantage of a really good tutorial on an aircraft I don't know anything about or that I that I don't have any experience using. And it might open up a whole new who knows, maybe I will have a proficiency for these systems and I will like that once in a while to break up the monotony of whatever I'm doing. So yeah, I, I thought it would be really great if they had tutorials on, you know, these various aircraft, not just the 152. Because so many people will need it. Yeah, and there's so many things that could be done at this point. We can talk about all the possibilities. There's a lot. Um, oh yeah. And there's many that we will never even touch on because you know, there's there's all those things, but that's that's the thing, right? You, as you go forward towards it, you you see those new things that were not possible because the SDK moves things forward, new details, new add-ons, and new possibilities. Now everyone can merge and focus on one platform. There's going to be those that are going to stay behind, but there's been a lot of movement from FSX P3D and X Plane towards the Microsoft Flight Simulator, and knowing the current state. <clears throat> of we can say the, the the market and the competition it's going to take a while before we get another simulator unless there's already some work in the background that we don't know of and they want to keep secret if there's something like this then what i would say is is invalid but right now it feels like this simulator is the only one really moving forward and they're developing it and with it with its lifetime that they're expecting i'd say a lot of people will move on the bandwagon just to say hey let's go let's let's develop for microsoft flight simulator 2020 whatever name they decide to give to this even developers that said flight sim 2020 so i'll just use that but that's what they're moving on everyone's going towards this and they're saying well this is the add-on that i can make but let's make it for that platform so as many people can profit off of it and learn from it and experience it. And right. right now it seems like this is the simulator that's really moving forward. The rest is has been doing little steps. And yeah. it's not enough. Developers have to do most of the work now on those older platforms. It's not the... I think that's kind of what that DCS marketplace comment that we had before um, oh, yeah. kind of thinking at. Are they just going to basically lay down and let all let the marketplace 
do all the heavy lifting, and I don't think that's the case at all. I think they're going to welcome it, but I think there is an intention to create the best base default sim that they can create and over time learn from us what we need or what we want and that they, they actually can implement. But I, I think their goal is to get it to where, you know, they, they obviously want to earn the respect in the community as well from not just the users, but the developers as well. And setting that high standard, it looks good for them and it, it, it garners the respect. Like I've always said before, they've always had, for whatever year it was, they had the graphics. And now the point is to implement those other systems, which they've added new things into this one that we could only dream of before. And those sims that have been sort of doing these tiny incremental upgrades now realize, wow, it's not just that we have to bring up the graphics. That weather is an incredible, incredible leap, leap forward. So yep. they do have their work cut out for them. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond and, and, and how can they respond. We know P3D is, you know, it's Lockheed Martin, but I'm not so sure how much Lockheed Martin is overly yeah. concerned about their flight sim. You know, I mean, they've, they've, the gigantic multi-billion dollar, you know. Yeah, if they're willing to invest and to push exactly. it forward. Exactly. Just the time. Is it, is it something that they really feel the need I'd say overall, right, the, the companies have been just milking, right? It's after a point, you could see yeah. that the development has slowed down to the point where the add-ons are doing most of the work because, well, of course, there's the money aspect. Um, but Yeah, they're keeping a lot. After a while, there's only so much you can do before you have to rewrite from the ground up. And, well, we saw it with P3DV5, right? That came out. Well, of course, it was uh, also a bumpy... Uh, release. Oh yeah, they for sure. Quick patches, but I yeah. mean that's the thing. Every every software that is big enough, like those that are big projects, you will have issues at launch. Of course. Um, those things, we say, well, okay, so they they brought in DX12, they brought in stuff like this, so they had to rework some of the stuff, but we're still not seeing as much an improvement, apart maybe from from some bugs and that got fixed and. A bit in visuals, a bit more in performance. So they're maintaining it just so it's good enough that they don't have to worry about really going that one step ahead where you really need to invest, put a lot of time, put developers on it, and really go the step forward. They are maintaining it. So it's not the same strategy. It's not the same approach. Um, and we'll see how that goes, essentially. We'll, we'll see the response in, in a year or two overall. See if they're really moving forward with V6, for example. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, Laminar will respond and the time that it will take in order to decide what they want to do or how they want to go forward. And then during that time, we also have the implication that DirectX 12 will be coming to the Microsoft Flight Simulator at some point. Yep. Curious to know if we're going to have any of the issues that P3D did, but maybe the P3D version 5 experience will be enough of a... Of a reminder for Microsoft? Yeah, like, yeah, okay, these are the things we probably don't want to do. This is where we need to... Um, well, we could sure. say some of the bugs for V5 on P3D was mostly because, or at least for me, it feels rushed. Um, because some of the issues were just unhandled exceptions on the GPU 
overusing its memory. Like it, they were they were using all the VRAM from the GPU, and it was maxing out. So, eh, see that's that's the thing. It was waxing out, so they can handle that. So they just put a quick patch that said, "Hey, if this happens, then do that," and they fixed it quickly. So at least that's not of a big issue. I know Microsoft is, and has been looking at DX12, um, and that kind of, in a sense, have been in the works because they did mention they were trying to do as many things um, with the current programming, such that when they have to transition to DX12, it's an easier process. I don't know what that really means because, well, you're still writing in DX11, but at least they know that they're going to transition and at some point would release in DX12, and so a few things would have to be rewritten. Uh, so really, it's right now I'm pretty sure they're just making sure they, they write their code properly, they document it as much as possible, so when they'll have to go and rewrite it, is they remember that code, they understand that code, and they can do it easily. Because when people do ports like this, usually, um, it's it starts to be a little rough, because you don't remember your code, what is this doing, and you have to go through the whole thing again. When it's fresh code, especially ones that's been from the last two years, um, and this could be considered old code for some, but it's it's fresh in the sense that it's been written recently, it's using still the latest techniques, or most of them at least, uh, we're not 20 years behind with FSX, so that's mostly good, at least there is, uh, there's some planning that's been done for a future move. Yeah. Just making a little comment in the uh, event text, um, Evidence please said some Sobo devs only recently got their PPL. Uh, A2A owns their own planes, and PMDG CEO is an airline pilot himself. Um, yeah. I just I think it was a good sign that uh, they got their PPLs. It's dedication, knowledge. That was, um, yeah. That, yeah. That's that's a great move from Microsoft as well, because yep. they're they're able to to I don't know if it's a Sobo themselves or how that exactly worked out, but I'm pretty sure Microsoft kind of maybe had a little hand in there to help them with that. But the fact that they're getting uh, hours in the plane and understanding just all of it as a programmer's perspective, from a texture perspective, when you're doing some work on something and then you can see the model that you've been working on, but in real life, you look at certain details which you would not have looked at before. So someone who does a lot of texturing, PBR materials and all that stuff, they would look, okay, oh, this is funny. This is how they do reflections. Oh, there was those no good reference pictures for this. Now I have one by, by myself going to that position and looking how would it look from this weird angle. Because we need to remember that we have a drone camera in the sim, so it can go anywhere. So they need to make sure everything is good from every angle. So that is a great experience for these people that are not necessarily the ones that are going to do the flight model, the aerodynamics, or are going to test the, the basic, you know, the cockpit. The wardens that do all the rest. And even just being at, at an altitude where you can see the scenery, scenery developers can kind of understand a little more about uh, the weather and the visuals for their scenery. So even if they're not working directly on a plane for a system directly impacting the way the plane flies, there's always a good experience in, in flying. And as they said, I think, in the, in the, the Q&A, everyone got at least an hour of flight got at least uh, an experience at least once. So that's great. For sure, for sure. It's a good sign. I mean, I, I was saying in the event text that 
I like the idea that they are seeking. Oh, I like the idea they have their own license, of course, so they have their own experience that they can add directly themselves. But it's also good that, and I think it's necessary. I think we need the pilot input. It's very, very important because after all, they are the ones that have the actual hands-on experience. And as they use the sim, as they were testing the sim, and they were providing input, yeah, this feels realistic. This is a little bit off. I value that the most because you know, they have the real world experience. We do need to take into account people that have been simming all of these years who may not be real world pilots, but for the flight dynamic, as I said earlier, I said, I think there needs to be a setting somewhere between legacy and true to life, because there's some people that think, oh, you know, the flight model doesn't feel right. And perhaps I, perhaps I would find the middle ground um, flight model, the one that I could actually deal with and, and, and fly better because I'm sort of used to it and I'm not quite good enough for true to life. So in a way I would, I think it would be a good idea to have one in the middle, but I don't want the non real world pilot to have the 99% say in what the flight model should be. Because if there are things in this sim that have never been simulated before, unfortunately, even though it's a tough pill to swallow, We've all been flying in a somewhat less realistic, even if promoted as realistic, flight model because there's a bunch of things that were never simulated before. The weather wasn't quite accurate. I've said it over and over. The air mass was never simulated at all. So while we were flying as real as we could get, it wasn't as real as it really could have been or as real as we thought. So there's going to be that learning curve, but I want the true-to-life flight model to be as close to true to life as they can get with a sim and then let me and others maybe choose various levels of that flight model that way it gives people who are not that proficient the ability to fly and enjoy and then eventually step up to the next level nothing be nothing should be a requirement nothing should be cut off oh you have to start at this one before you can end up at true to life let it be optional but i don't think that would be a gigantic mistake if they gave that middle ground kind of um, leeway there. And I think maybe, I don't know if they'll do that, but true to life is gonna get more and more true to life. And once the bugs are worked out and some of the sensitivities are remedied, mm -hmm. there will be a learning curve because it's not gonna feel right to an awful lot of super experienced multi-year simmers, but that's okay. Well, that's what's happening. Right. That's what, exactly what's happened. And it's hard for some people to either admit it or adapt to it. Yeah. But once we realize the flight model is correct, because right now none of us have really experienced other than a pilot. If you're a real world pilot, you know. But for those of us that are not, once we get the input from pilots that says, yeah, this plane, this model, it's correct. And you have enough of that, you can say, okay, it does feel strange but I have in my head and I have the knowledge that it's correct. So now I can go forward with learning that flight model or adapting to that flight model, knowing that I'm adapting to something that is valid. It's been validated. It's valid. It's as realistic as we are at the moment. And I think ultimately that's a good thing. No more flying on rails and no more expecting flying on rails with a, a tiny head shake. You know, yeah. we're going to all going to have to get used to the new, level 
And once we have confidence that that level is correct, then there's no real, there's no real argument. You could say, well, it's too hard. I can't do it. Or I don't enjoy it. That's valid. But you wouldn't really be able to say, oh, it's the, there's something wrong with the flight model. It's totally unrealistic. Well, with, with real world pilot information first, that's not really going to be the case. We're not going to get sidetracked by the feel until we know the model is correct. So I think we all, we all have a little bit of learning to do myself a lot. Yeah, we do. Um, last round of questions. If you guys, uh, if any, if you guys want to ask us another little question before we end the podcast, feel free to write in the event text. Yeah. We'll, uh, We've been a couple hours, so we'll take a few. Got a last question or comment, throw it in there. Um, trying to read evidence, please. Neither P3D nor X-Plane ever had mechanical turbulence, for example. Exactly. That is my point. And you've got a lot of the people that were using those sims with extreme confidence that it was really, really close to real life. But then when you discover that these things were never modeled even if I had supreme confidence that what I was flying, oh, this is really realistic. As soon as I would hear something like that, I'd think, wait a minute. Again, I've used it in the past. I'll use it again. It's like a shipbuilder saying they have the most modern ship simulator of all time. Uh, we just never modeled the ship in water. It's maybe they weren't able to do it at the time, and now you know now they're able. So this is this is why it's a bit of a leap. But if you've never modeled it, it's we're all going to have to bite the bullet a little bit and say, wow, this does feel weird. But it feels weird because it's A, completely different. Yeah. And B, there are some bugs and sensitivities and things to work out. So Specific again, to your hardware, specific to your setup yeah. as well and your yes, settings. Exactly. So exactly. Everyone's going to have, have a tiny different experience on that. Yeah. Um, Lev Kusagani, hope I wrote, uh, said that right. Um, VR for Oculus, when? Um, well, we know VR right now is not the number one push uh, because if you want great performance before, you can have a great VR experience. And they're working on um, the interface as well. And they told us many times, VR, if we do it, it has to be really good. Otherwise, there's no VR. Uh, and a lot of the community said, hey, guys, we want VR. So... Uh, they said, okay, we'll do VR, but we'll only get it out when it's good. So I'm expecting VR to release when they're very comfortable and willing to say, you're going to get a good experience no matter what uh, VR headset you get. And at the same time, there is, they're going to release the, uh, the, the VR feature with uh, HP's headset as well. So... They're trying to synchronize, so I think they might put a little more work into getting the VR thing ready then, uh, so that it, it coincides with that launch. So yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Hopefully soon enough. Um, hopefully within the next few months, that would be amazing if they can get that out. I'd love to try it. I've never tried it. It's one of the things I'd like to try. Unfortunately, I tend to get a little motion sickness. So. Well, I, I think I think with videos. your specs, you're probably less prone to. Some of the side effects that are made. Uh, they said through... motion goes away. I'm like, yeah, I, I think if you just tough it out and feel kind of crappy for a little while. Uh, I guess it depends. But you know, if if you have if you try it a few times, then you might kind of get used to it. Um, frame rates. Now you're on a system that will definitely handle any VR. 
So that's another, we could say, it's it's another oh. factor that is removed. So you're more likely to be good with VR. And at worst, like, you just return the VR headset if it's really not oh, good yeah. after. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, you buy the thing from Amazon or something, you just return it if you, you know, throw it up all over the place, you know? I, I watched a guy on uh, YouTube. I don't remember which one it was. I've watched so many. And he had uh, his version of Track IR. And it was just, he was just left, right, left, right, up, down, left, right. After about 30 minutes, I was like, wow, I don't, I don't feel so good. And I realized just literally watching him just change the view so quickly, so many times. I was like, God, what is VR going to be like if this is making me feel a little yeah. wonky after 20, 30 minutes? I <laughs> so, wonder what VR would be like. Sometimes watching VR is a little more difficult than being in VR yourself. I could, ah. I could probably understand that. Um, but when you're yourself in it, it's... I guess it's a different experience because your brain can more handle it and your head is actually moving. When you're just seeing it on the screen, it's a different thing. So... I would probably not take that as as what an actual VR experience would be like. Yeah, Ram just said moving your head with a VR headset is much more difficult due to the added weight. Yeah, I never even considered how how light or how heavy they would be. And they're working on it all the time. Like this technology was, you know, pioneered in uh, you know five, six, seven years ago. Now they're actually getting decent. Um, price might still t- stick around at a, at a certain level. But at least the quality is increasing, and uh, now they're getting cheaper options as well. So that's even cool. Yep. Um, he mentioned it's 400 to 600 grams is the weight. Somebody else watched the. Uh, somebody else said, uh, "What was it?" Lev Kusanangi. Hard name. Watching YouTube VR makes you more sick than actual VR. So yeah, I have to. I wish I knew somebody that had a had a headset, but you know, again. Well, just you buy can't it. Rent? <laughs> yeah. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never tried it. I've never tried it, so it would be. You know, I, I I hate those. They have those rides at Universal. If anybody's been to Universal, uh, in Orlando, they have the rides where you basically kind of sit down and you're watching a movie screen, mm-hmm. and then your seat is kind of. Dude, I can ride a 300 foot roller coaster far easier than I can deal with. Um, that I could deal with those those motion rides where you're in a movie theater and the screens, you know, like the minions or whatever. I, some reason they just make me. I think, like they said, your body is sensing motion that's not actually happening, so the brain is a little bit confused. So maybe that's where over time, yeah, it uh, you get used to it. Oh, reading a book in a car, exactly, John. Uh, JPO one thirty two. I as a kid, I take these long drives from Florida up north. Take like two two days with my grandparents and I'd be reading a book and it's strange after a certain period of time I'd start to feel parsic I'm like well how? I, I don't but that's exactly the I was prone to that although I took a few boat you know voyages took a cruise or whatever as long as it wasn't pitching well a boat right? is far more pitch, stable roll, roll. as long as it wasn't rolling yeah I was okay I it could pitch as much as it wanted up and down Going forward, I'm just fine. But when you're rolling to the left, rolling to the right, pitching forward, rolling to the left, oh, for a couple days, it was just a nightmare. But it is true that it did go away on like the third day. So maybe it's just bite the bullet. If it's good enough, buy it, experience it, try to get used to it. Now, worse, you can I'm sure within it. a month, I'm sure within a month, you'd be used to it, right? 
or you wouldn't be and you would know i would think so if you use it more than once <laughs> i don't know sorry I don't really kids catch experience with <laughs> oh how do i stop this if i hit enter you're going to see a gigantic blank space because my cat just sat on my keyboard on uh the Funny space how bar lately seven. a lot of uh of streams or podcasts have been interrupted by cats <laughs> Mine especially. She's looking at me like, where's my treat? You're those, running your uh, fat mouth. <laughs> those Dude. who watch the uh, the Twitch channel for Microsoft Flight Simulator will, will understand. Yeah. It says you have to take it in half an hour sessions. If you get sick, you have to take a break, but always get back to it. It's like getting your sea legs. Exactly. Stuck on the Irish Sea. I finally got my sea legs after, oh my god, two days of the worst weather you've ever seen in your life, which I would like to fly. Well, then really it could only get better then <laughs> after two days exactly. like that. Exactly. So there is hope. You just kind of got to suffer your way through it. I've heard a few YouTubers say it too. So it'll be interesting when that comes out. It'll be something I, I might like to try. But for the meantime, I bought I bought a, a head tracking device that I am waiting for it to come from the UK. So, and I've never had one. So that'll be a, that'll be a first. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Looks like it's the solution for me so far. The hat switch is driving me crazy on my yoke. It's, yeah, now nah, it's gonna ugh. be better with uh, with the Trek IR like solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Thank you everyone for being with us for today's podcast. Uh, to remind those who are new or joining us for the first time, this is a podcast that talks about Microsoft Flight Simulators as well as uh, technology and our own opinions. Uh, we do tend to fly over many different topics and uh, we love uh, answering questions and even from time to time having people uh, join us on voice and, and ask questions and have a conversation. Any last words, Mariel? <laughs> I'm very grateful. I'm, um, I'm thrilled everybody's here. Uh, I hope I get a little bit more hands-on time with the sim. That, will, that work get pushed to the side a little bit. And... Um, no, I'm just I'm thrilled that that people are coming and 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 listening in and interacting. People are asking a lot of good questions, and uh, they said, "Is this over?" I'm just saying, "Well, uh, we're going to stop the recording part. Sometimes we linger in a little bit longer afterwards and just yeah, just but yeah, very grateful to be here, and I uh, hope you all keep coming. Keep, you know, bringing in new information, new experiences, ask new questions, tips, tricks, your talents if you're you know content creators. You're going to be uh, working on liveries and airplanes and anything, you know, just come visit, talk, and a lot of fun. Exactly. Thank you, everyone, for, uh, for your participation, for your great questions, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. -bye.